Hey everybody, welcome to the Vox Podcast. Mike here with uh, Tim, our sweet producer, coming at you live from Auburn, California, where they've had power outages to prevent forest fires, though the forest fires have happened anyway. <laughs> is that true? That is accurate, but not from not from power lines. I don't know what caused the fires that are burning. Okay. Uh, Tim, my question for you today is how can we sleep when the world is turning? How can we sleep when our beds are burning? Uh, well, because it's very dark. Okay. Uh, that was a Midnight Oil reference. Anyone catch that? Nope. Nope. Okay. Bonnie, nothing. Went over my head. All right. Well, um, so speaking of Bonnie, Bonnie today... <laughs> Is in is is wearing something I never knew existed, but I think if I were ever gonna wear like full clothing, this would be something I'd have to investigate. Yes, sir. Bonnie, what what do you call this? Sweatpant overalls. Sweatpant <laughs> overalls. Yes. So they they go on. Uh, I mean, you forget- just step into them. Right. And okay, that, so there's like, no zipper. I mean, it's just it is literally a sweatpant bodysuit with pockets, and it's oh, show, oh, can I see the pockets just real quick? Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. I just want to describe them to the listener. Oh my goodness, they're big pockets. <laughs> they are. They're big pockets. You can fit. You can fit TV <laughs> remotes in there. Crossword I mean, puzzles. I'm thinking of our it's our senior citizen listeners. Suit. Yeah. Yes. No question. Well, it's cold. And also, I've really put in my time this week, and I've earned it. Yes. There's been chaos. So this felt like a, a real dream. Nice. Nice. And, and the nice thing is, so, so anyway, I, I would like to put on my Amazon wish list my very own pair. It's not a pair. It's one unit of, uh, <laughs> of sweatpant overalls. That's right. Um, Cause I'm thinking, I mean, cause what, I was just going to ask you what size are those? Um, so I, <laughs> I don't how, know. how much do they expand is, is really what I'm after. You know, I'm just, I don't know. Of, well, actually I wore these when I was uh, pregnant with Scout. So the expansion okay. is good. I will tell you, I'm disappointed. They have shrunk lengthwise. Oh, dang. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's something to consider. Yeah. Well, it could be my sweatpant kilt. Um, there you go. Maybe we no. should wear these matching at the heated oh, event. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Speaking of, thank you for bringing that what up. What a transition that was. Wow. Okay, so uh, we're going to release this episode in that same week, my friends. We are in Costa Mesa. Um, we are doing uh, a conversation around uh, women in leadership called Why We Changed Our Minds. It's through uh, a, an event out called Heated, and I think it's sold out. Is that correct? It is sold out. But we will live stream it through the Vox Podcast Facebook page, correct? Yes. That's correct. And we'll also um, post it on here if people aren't Facebook people. Yep. We'll p- post it on here, and then it'll be on YouTube. So you cannot miss this if it's in any way, shape, or form interesting to you. Um, and then a, a week later, I am doing, and Vox Podcast is hosting, a Q Commons event um, that you can still register for. If you go to Q Commons and hit Costa Mesa, that's on the, the following Thursday. What's the date? The 24th? 24th. That, 24th. Yes. So, it's the day after uh, my birthday. What? 
What? Yeah, 23rd. Oh, 40 is going to be a big deal for you. <laughs> it's, I'm not turning 40. Now, uh, Bonnie, just a couple <laughs> of... Just a couple of couple questions. Number one, what's one gift uh, that you would want your husband to get for you for this birthday? Okay, this this sounds absurd, but you know what? I want an adult desk chair. I, for the past year, have been sitting in this kid IKEA chair, mm. and I'm my age is showing. Oh yes, as so you I would like 40, an adult that is what desk happens. chair. I also would enjoy a pair of leopard leggings from the brand Spanx. <laughs> I didn't so, know what I was going to get when I asked that, but that was worth every every second. All right. So, oh, my gosh. So, Cy, if you're listening, which you better be, an adult chair for Bonnie and... A pair and of leopard spanks. Some leggings. leopard spanks. Leggings, oh, though. Leggings. leggings. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I, I have nothing like else to say. I feel like that's not too much to ask. So no, it's not too much to ask. We'll report back. <laughs> well, happy birthday. <laughs> I hope you do something big for uh, for that significant day. So, um, so the day after Bonnie's birthday, we'll be in uh, Costa Mesa. <laughs> Talking about Q and Q Commons and Francis Chan's there, Rebecca Lyons and uh, Malcolm Gladwell, correct? Are the three main speakers. And then it's me and a couple local speakers in Costa Mesa. So anyway, hope to see you there. It's free. God bless us, everyone. Now, brothers and sisters, today, (laughs) so today, guys, it's a big day and it's a big episode. This is the four-year anniversary of the launch of the Vox podcast. Four years ago, I think this week... Uh, a gentleman named Andy, Laura, and I, um, we had sat on my porch in Placentia, California, and I said, hey, how do I do a podcast? And he was great, and we launched it, and I would never have in a million years have thought that would turn into this, and that we'd be here four years later. Uh, it, we, it has been an absolute privilege. We've had um, incre- an incredible community. We just we passed over like 2 million listens or downloads or whatever word that that's is. That's so cool. That, so uh, it was like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a big number, um, at least in Ohio, where I come from. 2 million is a big number. In Southern California, it's not big at all, but in, in Ohio, it's big. Um, we can't even count that high in Auburn. Well, you would need, <laughs> you would need electricity to do that. And so... Uh, but yes, so so uh, we thought it would be an appropriate episode to just kind of talk about the next uh, several years, the future of the podcast. And, um, and so what, what I want to do is I just want to go through some of the vision behind uh, what we do and why we do it and where we think this is going and, and why we think it matters. And um, so, so no huge... Um, you know, con- uh, controversial topic or anything, uh, but more just kind of a family sort of, hey, this is like, this has turned into something we feel uh, super good about and really we feel like it's important and and uh, it's worth more thought than just putting out content. So we want to spend some time on that today. Sound good? Yep. All right. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. So... <laughs> So if somebody, so we've spent actually some time trying to 
identify like what what's the point of the podcast and the best we can best we can articulate it uh, is to like provide a home for people who are spiritually homeless that's the best sort of language we found and there there may be better language out there but that's the best way that we kind of explain what it is that we're trying to do so we've been we've been wrestling a bit with kind of what the purpose of the podcast is like what if we could summarize it into one sentence and the best sentence we've been able to come up with is we want to provide a place for people who feel spiritually homeless, right? We want to be a home for the, the spiritually homeless. And, 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 and all that phrase means spiritually homeless. That just means that is their competing visions for, for Christianity in this world. Um, none of them seem to fit just right, right? You've got the, uh, a progressive uh, vision for where Christianity should be headed. And you've got a traditional vision for where Christianity should be headed. And then you've got kind of a, uh, my background, which is a non-denominational sort of mega church vision for where Christianity should be headed. And as the more I try those on and wrestle through them, like there's, there's truth in those, but none of them fit perfectly. Um, and, uh, and so I've been trying to think about this idea of spiritual homelessness and comparing it a bit to physical homelessness. So obviously I'm not making a literal comparison. These are in no way, you know, one is catastrophic and one is existentially tough, but these are not, you know, equal concepts in any way, shape or form. But as I've talked to people who are familiar with homelessness, there's been a, an, an evolution in our understanding of homelessness that, that when, when homeless shelters were first sort of um, uh, launched, they, they primarily were aimed at uh, white men who were, um, who were veterans most often um, and who needed very short temporary shelter. So just literally triage. And um, as that began to, to happen, and as culture changed, um, all of a sudden there were, there were women that were coming in and single moms that were coming in with their families. And the, and the homeless shelters that had been, been helpful in the past weren't prepared for that. Uh, they, they weren't ready for them, the, the influx of drug addicts that began mm-hmm. to show up and, and their need now to have rehabilitation programs as part of kind of uh, homeless conversation. Uh, mental illness always, you know, explodes and it's always been here, but explodes and the, and the traditional shelters weren't ready for that. And they weren't equipped um, with the, the kind of the therapeutic needs, the uh, community needs, the medication in some cases needs, they weren't ready for that. And so homelessness has evolved uh, in several ways. First, we understand homelessness to be a much bigger problem than just people who don't have anywhere to stay. If you're, if you're a, a single mom with a family and you're living in a motel, you're still homeless. Um, so homelessness has become a much, we, we understand it, uh, it to a much greater degree. Um, but then secondly, we've realized that to address it, th- there, there have to be a, whole, a much more radical and holistic approach Um, where we're advocating permanent supportive housing, where there are mental health services and there are family uh, counseling services and there are, uh, uh, you know, alcohol and drug rehabilitation treatment um, that are on site. All of this is on site. And I I see kind of 
a similar thing having happened in the church that for a while um, in, in hallelujah, the church was a place where you did business on Sundays. Um, you took care of your soul. You got, um, you know, inspired for the rest of the, your week. Um, you would go Sundays, um, uh, Sunday nights, Wednesdays, you know, you had traditional youth groups and blah, blah, blah. And great. But then there, then there in, in a similar way as physical homeless shelters, then there was this invasion of, of like, uh, all sorts of social problems that you couldn't ignore anymore and just say, well, we, we wait till we get to heaven, right? You have, you have massive economic injustices and disparities that now the church is in the middle of. Um, you, they weren't prepared for, for race and privilege conversations. The church wasn't prepared for, for um, all of the LGBTQ people that have been kind of hidden in its ranks. They weren't prepared for all of those people speaking up and saying, hey, I'm a Christian and this is who I am. We weren't ready you know, for any of that. We weren't prepared uh, for gifted women who uh, could teach and lead and shepherd. We weren't prepared for mentally ill Christians that, um, uh, or Christians who were mentally ill that, that, you know, to be told that you just had to have more faith and pray more, it didn't help. Um, we weren't prepared for the deconstructors and the doubters in the face of all the information um, that's happening in the globalization of culture. We just weren't prepared for the onslaught of sexual abuse and spiritual abuse that's come from um, as a direct result of some of the church's teaching on sexuality and its willingness to hide behind um, you know, protecting the name of Jesus or the church or the pastor or whatever. I mean, we just, so, so there's just been this massive disruption and we, I, I think a lot of us, you know, feel it to the point where the even some of the traditional language doesn't feel at home anymore. Certainly some of the traditional theology we're, we're, we're wondering about, like, why do we really actually believe this? Uh, and so we found, we found over the course of four years that there's that one of the things that happens as people engage with a podcast and not everybody um there's certainly uh, a lot of folks who don't like it and that's fine this is this isn't for everybody but our goal is to to be a place where those people who are just in the middle of that disruption who are still trying to figure out what they think and why they think it uh we want to be a space for them to wrestle and to question and to doubt and so one of the coolest things that we hear uh, from you guys, and and these and these get turned into like how how do you how do you be a safe place? Well, this is what we hear from you, that you don't feel alone, um, and th that often we give voice to questions and issues that people have and doubts and questions yeah. they're asking. Um, that's huge. Uh, that yeah. that you're given permission to be in process. Uh, this was a big one. For me, because, you know, I, I, I come from a background where you have it. It's all part of a system. And if any crack happens in the system, then the whole system's in jeopardy. And as it turns out, that's not true. That's not the way Jesus and the apostles presented it, but that's the way it was presented to me. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we don't we, we want to be a place where we're not judging people on the current episode of their life, but but acknowledging that there's a prequel and there will be a sequel and that, you know, this is a very long, long walk uh, we're on together. Um, thirdly, that, that it's a place to be open to new ideas and paradigms and that kind of being focused on Jesus 
uh, gives safety for people to really engage with some of the stuff. You know, it's we're we're unashamedly fans of Jesus, and um, I want to be more like him, Bonnie, Tim. I mean, we we like want to point to Jesus as somebody who has wisdom and teach, teaching and guidance, but even more than that, is worthy of devotion um, and affection. And so, so that doesn't mean it's perfectly nailed down for us. It just means um, that we share a lot of the skepticism about some of the forms, but the substance of the Jesus movement, we're, we're still fans of, and we're mm-hmm. unashamed of that. Um, and so for, for some people, that's good. They, they feel safe because they know that that's ultimately what we're trying to do. We're not just trying to deconstruct into nothing. We're yeah. trying to deconstruct into like what Jesus is really doing and what he's actually like, wiping the grime away of, of some of the culture that Jesus has been filtered through, you know? We want to be really safe for people to be honest, ask whatever questions on their mind, talk about things that you normally can't talk about, um, particularly in church settings. We want, we want, uh, we want to give people space to deconstruct and reconstruct. And, um, and along with that, we want to be really respectful. And again, I'm, I'm hit or miss on this, but we want to be very generous and gracious with the people uh, with whom we disagree um, so there aren't many places where you can just have a civil sort of conversation about some of this controversial stuff. And, and you know, we're working at being a place where that hopefully can happen. And be okay with disagreeing. Oh, that's such a big a point. One. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We hear that a lot from you guys that, that, yeah. um, cause even the three of us, I don't know, would agree on every single thing. Right. I mean, we certainly right. Bonnie and Tim and I, I mean, Star Wars is just like the the tip of the iceberg, but but we made in our group text a Star Wars reference, to which Bonnie <laughs> Bonnie said, "What is that?" And and then we said Star Wars, and Bonnie said, "I've never seen them," and to which Tim said, "Can we hire Bonnie so we can fire her?" And um, and he didn't mean it, of course, but only only slightly. Because we were talking about who's the original Dumbledore. Like, and I is said it... there isn't an original. Dumbledore is the original Dumbledore. No, it's actually Gandalf from I Lord mean, of I the guess. But, but you don't even know who that Gandalf is. Gandalf is Gandalf. Yeah. Gandalf. I mean, we're, we're going to disagree here. So, <laughs> but, but see, we're modeling it. We're modeling it <laughs> in microcosm. The point we're talking about. And so. so this should um, have been the real topic of the heated conversation. Oh, you guys can segue it from women in ministry into the OG wizard. Yes, that's right. And then we'll just say whoever has a tattoo from their book or movie is obviously right because they're the most devoted. So I win. That that's true. If tattoos were <laughs> a test of taste, um, which I think we can pretty well say they are not. I mean, um, again, have you I been to a NASCAR race? Um, <laughs> have you been to a, a county fair? I mean, I've just, I, I don't think you would just want to stay tattooed. Now, classy tattoos, okay. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Bonnie. Let's hear it. Well, Star Wars is just the gospel. Harry Potter is 
not the gospel. And so okay, Harry Potter is anti Have you listened to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text podcast? I don't listen to witchcraft over the podcast. Okay. okay. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but back to the back to the thing. Um, no, that was actually actually once we started recording, we were looking at the podcasts kind of that were that were uh, really prominent in the space, and that Harry Potter one was huge. And then we yeah, had a guy on named Kyle Strobel who talked about leadership and power and weakness. And he did maybe a 10 minute thing on, on uh, the gospel and Harry Potter. That was like the best I'd ever heard, but it's See, still not worthy Kyle of a tattoo. Maybe should be friends. Um, okay. But we want to be that kind of place where, where disagreement is actually encouraged that the goal isn't for you to think like us. The goal is for you uh, to come to your conclusions Um to, to, to like, uh, as Paul would say in Romans, like be fully convinced in your own mind. So that's awesome. So anyway, that's the kind of thing that we hear and that's very validating for us because that's the kind of thing that we want. That's what we mean when we mm-hmm. talk about a home or a space or a place. That's exactly what we're looking for. And you guys correct us. You guys encourage us. It's, uh, it's really a, a wonderful thing. So here are a couple of things we want to focus on moving forward. All right, Bonnie. I'm ready. All right, you are ready. Um, one of the things, and Bonnie, help me make sure I clarify this um, very cl- clearly. <laughs> I want to <Okay>. clearly clarify. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but but we so there so there are some things we want to have that we we want to see as natural extensions of what it is that we're doing. One is. Um, we have, have thought a lot about who our audience is, and there's a group of people within the greater kind of Vox audience that we want to spend a little more time and resource on. And right now we're calling those people interpreters. And, um, and and these are people who, who are interested in interpreting the faith that's been handed to us to those who are coming up behind us or alongside of us. Mm-hmm. So, so, and here's what I mean by interpreter. Different from translator, Bonnie's a translator. Bonnie, Bonnie takes, takes uh, Greek, uh, Hebrew, excuse me, translates it then into English with a very, um, you know, with a, with a grid and a vibe that she's looking for. Um, but interpreting is a bit more dynamic. Interpreting is you're in the middle of a live conversation and you're, and you're paraphrasing and it's not as exact. Um, but, but there are a lot of us who really feel like there, there's, there's been some good that's been handed down to us through the evangelical subculture, but it's been couched in a lot of not good. Mm-hmm. And so um, we are interested in, in how to interpret that for people who are interested in faith that are around us or coming up behind us generationally. So the best example I can give, if you're a parent, um, like I have conversations with my kids about um, sex, obviously, but they're so different 
from the conversations the church had with me. A, in that they're actual conversations. B, in that the message is entirely different. Like, of course, there's a value for purity and fidelity. Absolutely, there is. But the way that that's expressed and the reasons that are given for it and, and the, the way it's described is so different. What's happened is we've interpreted what we were handed as we filtered it through us, through health or through whatever process we've been through. And, and now we interpret it for, for uh, my kids, right? And so mm-hmm. there's a group of Vox people that we see who, who desperately want to interpret for, for people around them, who are upset at the way that, that Jesus following is being portrayed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and think there is a lot of room and permission in the scriptures and the gospel for people to come and interpret it for their contexts. And so, um, so we see the Vox podcast, uh, what we're doing now is, is kind of a cu- cultural engagement sort of thing. But we want to start. We want to start identifying and investing in interpreters. And it, first of all, does, am I making sense on the concept, Bonnie and Tim? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yes. Somebody, and I think um, to just further clarify, do it, and not just a vertical interpretation between like generation. Yes. But sometimes this is going to be um, a horizontal in terms of um, helping to sort of interpret the Bible or what what is God like in the midst of this cultural shift we're going Correct. through. Yes. People who are trying to wrap their minds around it or deconstruct or reconstruct or stepping into it the first time or any of the above. Right. Exact, well said, Bonnie. That's exactly right. I, I'm using generations as an example right. of the greater principle. Which, so, I mean, if somebody says to me, like on a plane, hey, um, what do you do for work? Or, you know, I mean, I don't lead with, well, I'm, uh, I'm a pastor. And of an evangelical church, right? Because I'm I'm technically not, you know, um, but but like I would I would just have an entirely different conversation with that person right. now than I would have ten years ago, right? Or if somebody asks me about, I mean, I just I feel like what we're doing is we're because Christianity is a revealed faith, we don't get to reinvent it, right? There are right. some there 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 are some streams here that if you move out of you're out of Christianity. That, I, and I'm sorry, that's actually just true. Um, that's I think just you should you should go a little bit further with that. I well, think that's a good point. The revealing, we're not reinventing a revealed faith. So no, I think that's a thank you, Tim. I, I think it is a, a big point, and it's one that that. So so when um, what you've got in the Bible is a collection of witnesses to the work of God in the world, right? And, and obviously it's interpreted and it's translated and it's, you know, you know, all sorts of things, right? We don't have direct access to Jesus speaking his words, but we have access to the way the gospel writers recorded his words. And in that way, we have access to Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, and so, so Paul's very, very clear as he is working out uh, this Hebrew kingdom of God stuff in, in front of a Greek audience that there are parts of it that you can reinter- that you can interpret for them. And that's what he means when he says, I become all things to all people. But there are other parts where he will say to his Greek followers, hey, for what I received, I handed on to you. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he gives this, he gives two things. First, the one, uh, he gives one in communion um, in 1 Corinthians 11. And then he gives one about the resurrection, 1 uh, Corinthians 15. 
And in both of those instances, he's quoting something that he had received as authoritative tradition. So for us, the way that works out is um, we can have all sorts of debates about women in ministry or spiritual gifts or should you be dunked or sprinkled as an infant or an adult or whatever, right? Those are all fine. But there, there does come a point when if you start jettisoning the, the central core sort of revelation of what makes the Christian faith the Christian faith, then we're talking about something else altogether. That's why we had a whole episode on the president of a seminary coming out and saying, well, you don't, it doesn't matter if you think the resurrection is just a spiritual principle. Right. It's like, well, it doesn't, but just don't. But that's not a Christian conversation. Christians are exactly those people who were convinced that this Jesus had been vindicated and risen and began a new creation. Right. And so, so on the one hand, there are, there are plenty of spaces in the podcast world where it is, it is full on deconstruct mode, right? And, and there is, and some rightly, there's lots of anger um, and cynicism. And I get it, man. I get it. I've been there. Um, but then there's the, the part there, there's still part of the conversation. I just can't get over the beauty of Jesus. I just can't, I cannot. And the more I've deconstructed other things, the more beautiful he has become and the more central this, his way of seeing the world has become in the way I want to see the world. And so um, we, we think that there are people who are, because we hear from you guys a lot, who are literally, you're in pastor, you're in pastoral leadership in a church, you're hosting a youth group, you're raising your kids, you're, you're wrestling with big questions your coworkers are asking. And what you're interested in isn't just deconstructing you, but it's actually presenting the beauty of Jesus to the world in a way that honors the beauty of Jesus and the deep and abiding questions and issues that people are, are having. And so interpreters are, are those people who are kind of like us, who are willing to out loud wrestle through it, but we do it for the sake of other people too. You know what I mean? And you don't, you never just interpret to yourself. You're always interpreting from two parties. And in this case, we want to interpret from the Christian tradition into the modern world. And there are parts of the tradition in the evangelical culture that have been harmful and whacked and they need deconstructed and they need ruined. Um, and then there are parts because it's a revealed faith. There are threads that have come through that we still say, yes, amen. Those things are true. And so there are a group of, of our listeners who are activists in that way. Like it, it's, it, the, these are the people that share the podcast. Like you got to hear this. And it's not because it's so great, but because it's resonating with them and they immediately want to interpret, help other people interpret along similar lines. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These are the yep. people that, that start micro communities um, or, you know, table fellowships. Or we've had people start, um, you know, home gatherings, just uh, talking about, because what they're doing is they're just bringing other people with them in this big conversation. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. Man, great stuff. Tim, thank you. And Bonnie, thank you both. Because uh, that's a key, really key part, I think, of our future is resourcing um, the people who want to begin or continue interpreting the faith. And so we're going to start a separate stream of podcasting. We don't know what it's called yet. We don't know if it'll be on this feed or a new feed. But we're going to kind of have those interpreters in mind. 
we're going to do much more Bible-y stuff because we want to we want to receive from tradition and then we want to interpret into uh, current situation. And uh, so it's going to be more Bible-y. We'll probably make different assumptions about the people who will listen to that. Our assumptions uh, for Vox, I mean, we, we hardly have any, right? Because we hear from people right. all over, age, ethnicity, part of the world, sexual orientation. On this one, we'll, we'll probably do a bit more presuming of, of like a Christian background. Um, or someone who's very, very curious to hear more about what the scriptures teach. And so, so anyway, the first part of what we, what we see the future as we want to invest in those interpreters. We want to have a, another stream of content for people and conversation for, for people who kind of, uh, who want equipped, Oh, Tim, there's your damn word, uh, equipped. <laughs> I hate that word. I'm making a whole list of them too. Cause I'm just like, man, I get pushback from people on messy process deconstruct like all the all the key terms i hate when people say echo i echo <laughs> really that. oh my gosh it's in okay. every evangelical prayer ever oh i i, I echo no we deconstruct, just echo I just what he's use... saying really okay i haven't heard that one <laughs> i my favorite is bless this food to our bodies uh, as was, if I god was... As if God was going to intervene and take the In-N-Out burger that I'm eating <laughs> and turn it into the nutritional value of, you know, cauliflower. Man, I don't know, but you just decided what I'm having for lunch today. <laughs> Not all of us can just go out and have In-N-Out burgers, guys. I mean, yeah, I'm just that saying. That must be nice. Oh, I guess I could too. Hey. Never mind. Erie, you're in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. All right, so so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to create another channel for content, and we don't know how or what, uh, but our goal is to get to that relatively soon. The second goal we have is we want to start putting resources behind, um, we're calling the micro communities, but you can call them anything. Like my buddy Dave Gibbon, Gibbons calls them havens. At uh, Vox Community, we called them table fellowships. Uh, but they're smaller gatherings of people who are wrestling through some of the big conversations together. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, and we've heard from some of you who are doing this naturally, but we want to help people do this more intentionally if it's helpful. So Tim, uh, Tim's been doing something in Auburn that is super interesting. And so I'd love to hear just a little bit about what, you, what you're doing. This is one example of how sort of a micro community could develop uh, yeah. around some of this stuff. Well, before we moved up, because Shauna, my wife, and I both grew up here, but had been gone for 17 years. So we were familiar with the area. We were familiar with the big churches and whatnot. So when we were moving back up, we were asking people about where they're going to church, you know, what the church is about, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a lot of people were not happy or, or, or were feeling homeless and we're having a hard time finding a body. And we're like, well, then we'll just start something, not a church, but we'll start something where people can kind of come together and wrestle through the things that they're having a hard time with or um, ask questions together. Um, we, we made it very clear that we were not trying to replace church, that we were not trying to, uh, we were just trying to offer a space for people to come and hang out. And we did it over table fellowship, over dinner, over meals. Because um, as we've discussed on here, it seems to be one of the best models for how to have fellowship with other people. And 
to begin, we just invited a bunch of people to our home. We cooked a big dinner. There was a million kids running around. It was That's very true. I was real there. and organic. Mike was there for the first one, and Mike kind of gave a pitch or gave a foundation for what it was that we'd been talking about with safe places, with why the table fellowship, with um, just all that kind of stuff, creating a community. Then we did a Q&A. That sounds official. We were sitting in my living room, and we people ask questions, <laughs> and Mike answered them, and we tried to set up that idea. And then, so we've done it three or four times now. We do it once a month. Um, we try to switch nights of the week so that different people who have restrictions can come. We've been hiring babysitters, and we tackle a different topic. So the second time we met, it was a totally different group of people, and we were. It was right after we had done the episode about um, Joshua Harris and uh, the mm-hmm. Hillsong yeah. guy. I can't remember his name right now. Marty. Yeah. Yep. Marty Sampson. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and just because we were talking about what how the church handles people who fall away from the faith, etc. Because we have a lot of people who had not. So we have people who attend church and are very involved in church every week, and then we have people who have not been to church in fifteen years because they got hurt really bad, and then we have. Uh, um, just, I mean, all across the spectrum. But what's and the promise? A, what's the promise you make them? We make a promise that no matter what, that we're all there's a safe place to come and wrestle and talk and ask about anything. The, I mean, is that what you're asking? Yep. Yep. I feel like you're asking a specific question. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's it. That's it. I mean, because because you very specifically pitch them. Yeah. On this, and vision. I try to keep that. Yeah, and I try to keep that in every email that I send out. Just a, a, a recap of what we've talked about, what we've done. Um, we're trying to be more justice oriented in the in the community with marginalized people, so we're working towards that with um, World Relief and someone who's very close to us that works with World Relief in Sacramento, so that we can be directly involved with immigrant families. And you, and you find had- that. And yeah. you had you had them listen to a, a podcast episode. Prior That's what to I was going to ask. Do you, yeah? Do you use the podcast as like, hey, this is sort of the direction we're going every week or every every month? Yes. So I don't remember. I think we sent out the spiritually homeless one for the first meeting. We sent out okay. the one with Joshua Harris and that episode for the second one, just as conversation starters. I think right. I said like we can if if someone's dealing with something, wants to talk about something, is angry about something. We, you know, we'll push everything aside and deal and go there. But, um, and my wife is the smartest teacher I've ever met and she's a teaching nerd. So she's been taking over the structure format for how we're doing things just because she understands better how people can be, can safely and most effectively process information. So it's been really cool. It's been totally different people every single time. If everybody shows up at the same time, it's going to be an issue but (laughs) (laughs) but it's been great and it's been people are really reacting well to it and it's been a lot of great conversations um, have come from it yep and and so guess what it we don't have to define it as anything it doesn't yeah are you planting a church no 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 we're just building a community we're just being people but, but I'm avoiding he, all titles altogether. I'm a big title avoider. So I, every time I send the email out, I've just been calling it community dinner and then oh, yeah. letting people just respond to that. Exactly. And there's a hunger for it. There is. In in the church and outside of the church. And, yes. And so so what we want to begin to do is um, some... So there, there's our listenership, which we're thrilled by and, and couldn't be more excited and then there's a subgroup of interpreters 
Um, and then in that subgroup, there are people who actually are, are in some way, shape or form already doing this, right. um, or want to do this. And so, um, uh, we want to begin to help resource, nay, equip people <laughs> who are interested in this. And, um, and, uh, uh, Bonnie, you've been a part of, of, you know, this movement as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what have been some of your observations? Yeah, I think, um, I think having resources is key because you can, especially if you're coming, if you're used to coming to church, you can feel like this sort of pull that you need something like I need a format or I needed this and that falls away pretty quickly, but it is nice to all be on the same page, at least for a conversation starter. Um, but the other thing I've noticed that is really, really life-giving is that when you, some people shy away from the vulnerability of it, right? Some people Mm -hmm. do want to go to church to hide. Um, but mostly that guard comes down when you're in a living room and you're looking at each other face to face. I think something really important and really special happens, um, in that context. And some of my most growing and life-giving moments in my faith in terms of being able to take a step to deconstruct and reconstruct, like feeling safe to do that has been within the context of a smaller group of people who I feel safe and well-connected with. So, yeah, yeah, it's been really life-altering for me as well. Yeah, we think it's absolutely critical. And so what we mean by micro-community is the enfleshment of the kind of community that we're seeking to embody on the podcast, we want to see that enfleshed because it needs to be worked um, out. Yeah, yeah, and worked out together. So, so that's what we mean by a micro community. So, we want to invest in interpreters. We want to um, resource uh, those in my in micro communities. And big announcement: um, I want to. I, we've been in Columbus now two years. And um, I want to start a sort of a community here uh, in the same way Tim is doing that in Auburn. And I know we have a bunch of listeners in Columbus. This is not a church. This is not a church plant. But um, my wife and I and my family, we are desperate to find some like-minded people to walk the way of Jesus with. And um, so we're going to have a couple of open houses um, in the next several weeks, if you are in Columbus and you are interested in finding out dates, times, and where we live, um, would you right now email hello at Vox Podcast? We also have a uh, email list from people who are interested in a Vox Ohio. We'll also reach out to you if you're already on that list. But um, if you're hearing this, and again, this is not this is not a church. This is not calling you away from your church. This is not if you're already in church. If and this certainly is not something where you've got to have it all together. It's literally what just Tim and Bonnie have talked about. We want to start one of those in Columbus, and so um, so please email hello at voxpodcast.com. Let me know you're interested. I will give you the dates and the times, and uh, and then I'll give you our address, our super secret uh, suburban Columbus, Ohio address. Can they email there too if they want Tim's? Um, oh info? yes. Oh yes. Cool. Yes. And maybe as we, as it grows and people are saying, Hey, this is where we're do- doing one. We could set up sort of a directory and then people Ex- could find it in their area. Look at, yes. look at you go that. So mm-hmm. uh, we, was it, who was showing me? There was another podcast 
um, who actually has that. They have a listener directory. Oh, cool. And uh, where you can find other small communities of like-minded awesome. listeners in different cities. So anyway, all that is to say, um, that's part of the future um, is, is more resourcing that. And part of, part of uh, what Tim's doing and what I want to do is help um, give real life examples to what that looks like and feels like. And cause it is, it is pretty like, you're kind of going to look around and go, Hey, does this, does this count? Is this okay? <laughs> um, we, are we allowed to have these sorts of conversations? So, uh, anyway, that's the second big thing. And then the third thing about our future, um, is that we want to help, we want to provide some resources for reconstruction. And so, um, Evidently, we have a resource page on the if you go to voxpodcast.com <laughs> that Bonnie said she used once, which is amazing. I've used um, it a lot. I'm like, oh, oh uh, I won't text Erie. I'll just go on there. If I can't find <laughs> it, I'll text him. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, we have a resource page, but what we want to do is we want to start curating content for people who are interested in reconstructing. So, so yes, here's a view of the Bible that, that um, has not worked for us, um, at least not in the way that we're seeing the world engage these days. And uh, how, how do I find out about other views of the Bible? Now, this, this resourcing can include any of the following. A, books, books by other people, books by us, online teaching by us. Um, one of the things I'm looking at is to try to find a studio in Columbus where we could film some stuff. Um, because Columbus is well known for its its filmmaking. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't have In and Out, but we have White Castle. I don't even know if you guys <gasps> know what that is. That's so yeah. good. They're tiny, no. they're tiny oh, bits they're of grease. So good. you can eat like twelve. Yeah, and they really are sliders. Like they slide all the way through you. Okay. Yeah. From the top to the bottom, <laughs> they just Tea, slide. Too much. Yep, they just slide. <laughs> so Anyway, um, so so we'll announce more of that as we go. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Uh, home for the spiritually homeless. What's that mean? Well, we want to embody certain values in the podcast. Great. What about future? We want to invest in interpreters. We want to, uh, and obviously we're going to talk more about this stuff. This is just sort of announcing. We want to build a micro community in Columbus, and we would love to do it uh, lots of other places. Um, and then we want to be more directive when it comes to reconstruction. And And we learned a bit about that from the episode mini episode we did on our, our favorite books and the response we got was like dude list these out let me hear them and we're like oh okay well the, obviously that was some people found that helpful so we want to do do more of that lastly um and this will be the most sort of uh, uh engaged i'll be about talking about money for the podcast like we're we're gonna start mentioning that we you can find us um, on different giving platforms, uh, because we, we get asked about that <laughs> a lot and I'm not very good at remembering to do that, but you need to know, like we are officially a 501 C three nonprofit organization. Um, and we are fully listener supported, like, like absolutely there, there is. So it, we are, we are the NPR um, of the podcast world, except that there already is an NPR of the podcast world. So we're like them. Um, <laughs> we're going to do Bonnie's committed to doing pledge drives. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I bring this up 
because um, to, to do all of this has taken a great deal of resourcing and mm-hmm. to, to look into the future will take a great deal of resourcing. And right. um, I need to get over being shy in saying, hey, we're listener supported and we'd love for you uh, to join us in that. And there are two platforms. One is called Patreon. That is, uh, that is a, ongo- uh, an, a platform for ongoing giving. And there are tiers for, so it starts at $5 and I think it goes up to a hundred dollars. It's, it's like five a month all the way to a hundred dollars a month. And at Patreon, you actually get their Pearl jammed themed levels. Uh, of course, um, as all Bonnie, things should be, as all things should be Bonnie, you know who that is, correct? I know who it is. I've read the no, levels no, though. You they don't, mean nothing to me. You don't, you don't need to add any commentary. <laughs> um, We'll just we'll call. I'm you just Griffin, here to diversify Griffin the cultural references that you two occupy. Oh, but they're not. See, there's something about <laughs> about being um, a white man that just doesn't get represented enough. Oh in my gosh! <laughs> Let me pull out my violin for you. So, so we're here. We're here to represent the nerd population. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, Patreon. So Pearl Jam levels. Um, but you get you get thank yous for those levels. And um, uh, we have two Facebook groups. We have an open Facebook group. And there's Gombus. Tim Gombus was on there yesterday. Oh, Tim's in there. He's in the going mix now. nuts. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so fun. I love um, it. And then we have a closed one that's for Patreon people only. And um, so we get lots of asks to get in there. And if you haven't heard from us, it's because you're not a Patreon supporter. Sorry, not sorry. Um, So so we do like we're starting a book club at one tier where we um, I'm slowly doing a revelation podcast series like slowly. I need to pick that up. Um, so, so there are different levels of thank yous, uh, depending on the, the tier that you give. And then the other platform is Tithely and it's for people who would love to give one-time amounts, um, or they're comfortable with the idea of tithing. Like there are some people who are incredibly generous who consider this kind of their, I don't know, church sort of community for a while. Right. And, um, and so they tithe to to this and tidely is just kind of a better platform for that um either way tim is that you what that with that truck i heard a truck oh yeah nice very close to the road yes you are i could i can picture where tim is tim do you have your uh is there a chewbacca on your desk oh you know what it got moved to uh, next to my bed but i have a wolf man you have a wolf man Nice. Why did Chewbacca get moved next to your bed, may I ask? If that's, got, not, uh, if that's not a personal question. <laughs> we got a bookshelf. We each got put bookshelves as nightstands, and they just needed some decorative pieces. Okay. So my Chewbacca, who's uh, from Oracle Park, from the San Francisco Giants, it's a mashup. Nice. Dude, of, you, of two of your favorite things. Yeah, I just got right. a new one, too. I got a Brandon Crawford uh, Boba Fett bobblehead. Dude, so so, th- this is baseball. Um, just for the millennials in the crowd, this is a, the San Francisco Giants are a baseball team, 
And they, they are the baseball team. They are the baseball team, and evidently the Star Wars theme bobbleheads. Which for Tim, the only thing better would if they were like if it was Eddie Vedder um, as Darth Maul uh, in a uh, San Francisco Giants jersey. <laughs> Just throw it all together. Yes, that would be what they call a mashup. All right, Bonnie. Um, I think Bonnie anything... just went to sleep. Yeah, I know. No, seriously, I Bonnie got so quiet. If I saw that, how confusing that bobblehead would be to me. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. I'd be like, "What is this?" All right, Bonnie, Tim, anything you want to add to this whole thing? I've done. I've done too much talking. Well, both of those links are very simply placed on our webpage. So if you just go to voxpodcast.com. And you go right underneath the actual episodes. There's a button for Patreon that will take you straight to the Patreon page if you'd like to support through that. Or there's a button that just says Tithely that will take you directly to our Tithely. Excellent. Bonnie. And we have a testimonial too. too. I don't know when you want to pull. Oh, that's that right. There. Yes. We um, we reached out there. there uh, there's a couple of folks who um, were happy to kind of say why they support us. And so we're, we'll put that in here right now i just love that you can really ask the hard questions and that they're not skipped over and that it really is a safe place to engage in those conversations and especially in a time where we really don't agree with how many so many or how so many christians respond it's just so refreshing that this can be a place where um those people are safe. So there you go. Now you've heard it. All right, Bonnie, final words. Yeah, I just want to say that as we were talking, this I occurred to me when you're talking about it being a, a revealed faith, is the reason yes. why, though, we're doing all this stuff is we also really believe it's an event-based faith and that the Spirit's still oh, moving and still on. working and that the call of the whole thing is participation and yep. that he wants us to participate and that's the joy of it. So these micro communities and like every time we talk about these things, we're sort of like joining into this work that he's doing. And so I just, I just love that. So. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Leaning into the kingdom dynamic. Whoa. Gombus. Cosmos. Dang. We were, yes. Cosmos. Yes. We were, we were, we were thinking of, uh, like merch that we could give away uh, at Vox events, and and are the three the three topic or the three sayings we've got so far are um, one freaking gombus just in all caps a mug with all caps freaking gombus two the chicken is in the oven I don't- the chicken <laughs> is in the oven I don't no one knows the reason why that is said well don't why think- don't you tell us. I, I th- did you not talk about it on the... I can't remember if you edited it out, but basically my brain is like so scattered <laughs> that when I have to remember something important, I say it out loud in this like really monotone voice. So I was like, the chicken is in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't forget it. <laughs> so that's our battle cry. Hey, in one sentence, what's the Vox podcast? The chicken, chicken is in the oven. Is in the oven. <laughs> and then Tim will say it like a robot. And then and then what was the and then the third comment was cosmos. 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 cosmos right? So there you go. You can pick. 
pick which uh, slogan you'd like to see on Vox merchandising as we uh, as we slowly take over small parts of the world. All right. Anything else, my friends? That's it. All right. Well, thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for listening through all of this. We are so grateful you're part of the community. And um, here we go. Happy four-year anniversary into the next four. Until next time, friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you. And in these days, may he give us peace. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.